With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, welcome to the program. You're uh, truly here. The Brock Purdy of radio host. I'm a radio manager is what I am. Radio manager. Welcome to the uh, beautiful Fountain Blue Hotel, the newest luxury resort on the Las Vegas Strip. Just opened in December, and they are our host. We're poolside here with a great studio audience that came as far away as... Henderson, Nevada, oh. which is about 10 miles away. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. This is a loyal audience. I don't know what time they got up to get here, but uh, people came all the way from Henderson, Las Vegas, or uh, Nevada. So thank you for doing that. Road trip. Uh, we'll talk to Mike Golick Sr., Mike Golick Jr. They'll join us coming up here in a little bit. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We have gift bags today for our in-studio guest, courtesy of Keeper's Heart Whiskey, Good Ranchers, Miller Lite, the original Louisiana brand hot sauce, King's Hawaiian, and Traeger Grills. Yes, we brought the Traeger Grills here. Chad is over there whipping up a batch. We got uh, great food. You know, he sent me. Did you guys see the, uh, no. the the menu here? Oh, that's not fair. You got advanced look? I did. Well, I got, uh, okay, here we go. This is the menu today. Z-Man smoked brisket no, sandwich. Nobody. No, no, hold on. <laughs> Not done yet. Grilled California chicken club sandwich. Smoked fried chicken wings. Buffalo chicken dip. Jalapeno popper dip. Pepperoni pizza rolls. Loaded beef tachos. Those are tater tots and nachos. Tachos. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. I remember her. All of that. What? Whoa. Sorry, go ahead. Her, her tot tots? Whoa. Uh, so, who has it better than we do? Nobody. All righty. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of this program. All right. Uh, poll question, Seton. What did we go with with hour one? And then we'll uh, turn our attention to hour two. Well, we got two working from hour one, Dan. Who ends up in Ooh. the uh, Fountain Blue pool? Uh, if you think Dan will. Uh, right now, the likes, not as many. Okay. Uh, but... Fritzy leading with 48% of the vote. That's not exactly shocking yeah. that the T-O-double-D would end up in the pool. <laughs> yeah. we got to give the fans what they want. Accidentally. By the way, if you're watching on Peacock, thank you, our streaming partner, Todd, that is... Um, My aluminum foil Elvis. Yes, yes. 
Looks like it fits you well. I mean, it's extremely tight. Actually. That's tater, uh, tailored, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, Paul. But Todd looks like one of those guys who runs the New York Marathon and they yes. put that silver wrap around him at the end. <laughs> and, but he doesn't look up. like he looked like a guy who ran the marathon. He looks like a guy with a wrap on. Yeah. yeah. It's snug. It's snug. Yeah. What else do you have for me, Seton? Are the Kansas City Chiefs America's team, Dan? Right oh. now, uh, 84% of the audience are furious <laughs> at that poll question. <laughs> Maybe that means they are. A lot of people said, no, no, that means they're not America's team. And a lot of people writing in Michigan are now America's team. <laughs> That's bold. That's not true. That is bold. That is not true. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think Kansas City, I, I understand why they might be. They're, they're maybe the most popular team right now. <laughs> yes, Mark. In about 20 years, all these 10-year-olds that love the Chiefs now, in 20 years, they'll be rooting for the Chiefs when they're sorry. Well, no, no, no. we got to make sure that Taylor and Travis stay together because if they break up, the Swifties are gone. See ya. So, okay, if the Swifties leave the Chiefs, what would be the polar opposite of the Chiefs? Whoever Taylor starts dating after that. Right. I mean, so Max Crosby could be a cowboy. Right. Oh, Raider fan. Just thinking. Maybe she ends up with the, uh, like, a Vegas residency and then all of a sudden she's a Raiders fan. Yeah. Could, don't could. Know. That could happen. And I then could she, see her doing that. Dating Aiden O'Connell or something. The, is that the Raiders quarterback for the time being? Good call by you. On that. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. <laughs> I do this for a living. Did you know you? that. Yeah. You said it kind of quizzically, like I think maybe. I know. Sometimes I do that. Do it's that. That's rhetorical. Your it's your okay. Like I know it, but I say it like I don't know. I think I've worked with you a while. I would know what you're. I mean, thinking. technically, we all do this for a living, and there's no way I was pulling that name out. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the Raiders have had three offensive coordinators this week, so we don't really know what's going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> Did Cliff Kingsbury get the job? He stayed with the Raiders as long as he did USC, didn't he? Yeah, his first stint at USC, he did three days and then took the job with the Arizona Cardinals. I think he did 72 hours as the offensive coordinator of the Raiders, left his car running, and now he's with the Washington Commanders. Okay, where's Eric Bieniemy? I... Wasn't he the offensive coordinator with the Commanders? He was hot about three years yes, ago. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. All right, it's... Uh... You know, one of our big stories that we started off with today, and, and it happened on Friday. And Paulie and I were talking about this over the weekend. I was like, wow. Like, that news came out on Friday afternoon that the Big Ten and the SEC are kind of friends. There's a partnership, it feels like, here. Nicole Arbach, senior writer for The Athletic and uh, college football insider, wrote about this. And we thought, you know what? That's how big this story is. At least I think it is of where we're headed and Nicole joins us on the program. Nicole, thanks for joining us. Explain what happened on Friday. Uh, I think I'm having audio problems with you, Nicole. Hold on. Let me see if we can uh, get that figured out here. But this came on Friday, and uh, you know, trying to figure out if uh, this was going to lead to something here in the near future, and that's why we wanted to have Nicole on. But we'll figure this out since uh, we are on the road and trying to get uh, signals uncrossed here. It's really a fascinating thing because, you know, Friday is where stories, you got, you know, Dan, in the sports media is where you want to place a story that you don't want to get a lot of coverage. It's almost like the SEC and Greg Sankey, when he tweeted this out, they, they posted it and then like, that's also leading into Super Bowl week. It's like, we're, we want to make this official that there's a partnership, but we want to go revert back into the night and let it just be out there. That's the feeling I got. Well, sometimes you put out a story, and then you want to see how people react to the story. And that might be the case in a situation like that. But also, what does it mean going forward with the Big Ten and the SEC? And I think, you know, when you start to look at college football with what is the blueprint right now for college football of where they want to be now, where, you know, now you have a 12-team playoff. 
and where you know what that's going to mean here as we uh, you know the next five years. Yes, Paul. And, and it could be interesting. A lot of people, when all these changes happening, were bothered. Be like, you know, the Pac-12 volleyball team would now have to you know go play Rutgers and travel around the country. It may take a few years for this to shake back out. But like Seaton was saying earlier, we and you were saying earlier, we may revert back to normal conferences and normal travel schedules for the rest of college athletics in a couple of years. It may take a while to shake out with college well, football. But you know what? Chip Kelly brought this up, and Chip said, why are we going all around the country? Why don't we have all the other sports be regional, where it's baseball and you can even say basketball, but baseball and volleyball and some of the other ancillary sports, golf, where you're not traveling all over the world you know, to try to play these schools in your conference here, that you're able to you know, kind of make it sane, uh, for the most part, for these kids, football I get. You're going for one game on Saturday. You know the other sports. You got all kinds of uh, games that you might be playing, and you know trying to travel. All, and it just doesn't make any sense. And uh, it's really going to be interesting because Greg Sankey, who runs the SEC, it almost feels like he's about to be the czar, the president of college football in America. Well, it feels like he's the most important person in college football right now. I think that would be fair to say. And we've said this before. He should just say, "Look." I'm running college football. And he lets others say it. Yeah, and that's where <laughs> like we're you. headed. Greg Sankey is going to be running college football. I, I truly believe that. It's because you know he's the power broker with the SEC. Now you get the Big Ten. Are we going to get Nicole uh, on with us? I think they're still working on a technical issue okay. in the control room. All right. Should we maybe try to uh, have her come on at some other point there, Todd? It's going to probably become that situation any moment. Okay. All right. Uh, do we have uh, Nicole? Are we good to go? All right, Nicole, let's try this again. Big introduction for you. Senior writer for The Athletic and College Football Insider. What happened on Friday, Nicole? Nope, it didn't, didn't happen again. All right. Well, Nicole, blame it on me. Is Carrot Top still around? Yeah. yeah maybe not. Maybe the goal Ask is... Ask him what's going on with yeah, college football. Yeah. No, we don't need music. No, we were looking for Nicole Orbeck. Yeah. No, we still the don't music need music. music is nice. Yeah, though. music is nice. Yeah. It's calming. Yeah, very calming. It's like a good elevator. They've been jamming an elevator. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They have this song. So when in, in the Fountain Blue Hotel, when you go in, your TV is on in your room and they have this lovely thing that says, Welcome, Seton O'Connor. Welcome, Paul Paps. But then they have this music playing, and it's like they recorded it, yeah. and, and it's a it's like a lounge singer going, "Welcome to I can't sing." At the, the fountain, all your dreams will come true. At the fountain blue, and I just yeah. leave it on for hours at a time. It's it's very soothing. It's see, all because of you. See, this is what happened when we have a technical issue, and then I'm subjected to that. That you know. Okay. All right. Wait. Okay. Oh, that sounds. Can, yeah, that sounds like Nicole. Nicole. Wait. Okay. Is that Nicole? Okay. N all right. Nicole. Yeah, can you hear me? We did it. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. do the show. Sorry, Nicole, we ran out of time, so I can't talk to you. Uh, okay, let me try this again. What happened on Friday, Nicole? Well, as you guys were talking about, it was kind of a formal announcement of friendship and a partnership between the Big Ten and the SEC, you know, they have been growing closer and the commissioners have been getting along, spending a lot of time together over the last year since Tony Petiti took over the Big Ten. And the ADs in, this, in both leagues bounce things off of each other because these are two conferences 
who face similar challenges, right? Like they, they're dealing with the same types of budgets. They're dealing with the same types of lawsuits. So they're essentially forming this joint advisory group to look at those issues, the lawsuits that they're facing, employment model, what happens if athletes become employees, and some of those bigger problems that college sports is facing. A lot of people, including Greg Sankey, have lamented the lack of leadership and certainly a lack of leadership from the NCAA. So I think that's what this is really about, is about these two commissioners, these two conferences trying to take the lead and figure out the future of college sports. Now, there's a, a line or a paragraph in your column and said there are legal risks that come with too much collaboration now that two conferences represent 34 total schools. So those critical relationships will need to walk a fine line between cooperation and collusion. Explain that. Right. So that's one of the issues when you are the subject of a lot of lawsuits right now. And there's just a lot of bullseye on your back. And I think, you know, part of the reason that the NCAA has been a target or individuals have been targeted by different lawsuits is that they're agreeing to cap compensation or they're agreeing to have certain rules and that they are restricting the market. Right. So I think, you know, when when they say, OK, we're going to make certain rules are going to be up to individual schools like NIL or conferences could set rules around certain things. It's a small enough group of people and, and schools that they're they're hoping to avoid the legal risks involved. So that's part of the concern here. And I think, again, a joint advisory group, it's a governing body that isn't governing anything. Right. They're going to work together, but they're not going to have any power. So they're going to lead. They're going to suggest things. But again, I think they're being really strategic here because they're fighting a lot of different lawsuits that are worth a lot of money, but they want to create some sort of solutions that are workable for their schools. And obviously they're dealing with that top 1% of athletes that are making the most money off of NIL, that are gonna run into issues with these major lawsuits about back pay, um, salaries. They've got those football players that are going, that are the ones who are stressing the system in terms of money. So. They want to be the ones creating solutions instead of Charlie Baker and the NCAA suggesting things that they maybe or maybe don't want to pay for. But if you look at the blueprint here, uh, and I've been saying all along, it's not a question of if but when, that we get this model that may be similar to the Premier League or the NFL, that we're going to get maybe 50 of the biggest schools, football schools, and then they just create a model where you have divisions and conferences here. Do you see a time frame where that's where we're headed? You know, I've I've felt that way for a while. I think a lot of people do. We're in this gray area as we are going from how it used to be for a really long time to what it will eventually be. It's part of the reason I don't get too worked up about NIL issues because I, like this is not going to be the business model that we end up with in five, ten years. You just we're waiting for that final domino to fall. But I do think that at some point you will have to separate or sort of opt into the highest level of commitment in football because not everyone's going to be able to afford to fund it. And especially if you have to pay all your athletes, let's say the Johnson case, which is working its way through the court system, if that's the domino, then every athlete is like, okay, we're, we're hourly wage employees. That's every single sport. So who can afford to do that and still invest in football on the highest level? I, I think there's a lot of different creative ideas that are out there, but I think everyone has kind of come to the terms that it's not going to look like what it is now. You're not going to have 133 FBS programs in the same, quote, highest level of college football. It will be who can pay their players if they're employees and then still pay their coaches and then still have the great resources. So there will be a 
further stratification of what already exists, I think, in college football. I don't know what the timeline is because we have to let all of these things play out here in terms of what the actual financial and, and, and the business model of college sports looks like. But even in the suggestion from new NCAA president Charlie Baker of a new subdivision, it's the same sort of idea. It's like, all right, if you can afford to pay your athletes a minimum of $30,000 each per year for half your athletes, you opt into this level, that would call the, call the, the voting rolls, right? That would separate out the people who can't actually afford to do things, but are too afraid to drop down a level right now. So I think you have to hmm. let some of that play out before we eventually get to a new world. And you know, Dan, just to further that point, I, I would love to see a re-regionalization of all the other sports. I would love to see football pulled out separately yeah. and do football schedules, do all of that on its own, but go back to some of those rivalries and the tradition and the reduced travel for all of the other sports. Thanks for being a good sport, Nicole. Thanks for joining us. We'll do better next time, I promise. Thanks for having me. That's Nicole Arbach, a senior writer for The Athletic and uh, College Football Insider, Big Ten Network studio analyst as well. Yes, Paul? I got to tell you, she seemed pretty impressed with our organization. Yes, she did. She's like, I want to work for those guys. On the Dan Patrick Show Super Bowl week? What an honor. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressed. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressed. Take that, Athletic. Yeah. How about that? I'd like to know what was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> Gets a little chaotic in TV yeah, control. It does? It does a little bit. You've, you've had a little taste of that. Do you think some day. people are getting yelled at? I think people are getting yelled at. There's maybe language involved. Were you getting yelled at? I was not personally getting yelled okay. at. Okay. But, Feels uh, like it was Todd's fault, but it does end up coming back towards me. But that's all right. But yeah. it does get intense. <laughs> yes, Marvin. You say you want to hear what happened back there? Yeah. No, I don't. You, <laughs> no. You've been back there before. Oh, I've been back there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You said you potted it up. What do you do? You hit the wrong button. I but, can't hear anything. But even if it's not you, it's always awkward. Like, whew. But also, you're like, I'm glad I'm not him. If people got a chance, see, that's what they should do. They should give you an, a look at what goes on during a football game, big time football game. Where the you know the director and nobody's supposed to take it personally, but you know when he's telling you to do something and it doesn't happen and then all of a sudden there's just flame it's a flamethrower, and then when it's all said and done everybody gets together and they're supposed to go yeah you know he called me some words that you know I never use that language but I'm supposed to forget about it. Yes, Seaton. That when I first started at ESPN I worked on a boxing show called Friday Night Fights. Yeah. I don't even know if they still do that anymore. Yeah. I had never worked in TV before ever and I was a production assistant and my very first show the director was screaming at the three production assistants calling us every name you could mm. possibly where I was like holy crap this is what TV is this is crazy. Uh he was like A this and U M F that and all of these crazy things and then as soon as the show was over he's like hey guys <laughs> great job tonight. I'm like dude do you have any idea what you just said to me? He's like, hey guys great job tonight all right? Now, bad for your first run. Yeah. What? Well, that prepared you for this, this is, job. Okay, some similarities. Yes, Tom. I was doing graphics and video, and like, you put the wrong Chiron up. He's talking yeah. about Pro Bowls, and you're putting up a stat about an All-Star game, whatever. And then they had me working video where they're talking about a certain play, and you got to queue up the video and get ready to play it. And I guess there's a difference between standby B and roll B. Yeah. <laughs> so the director is standby B, and I hit the button, and they're showing the video. You wouldn't even get a chance to bring it up yet. What part is standby? I just got so nervous. Standby B. I didn't say roll B. Standby B. Then it's roll B. You, you would be the wrong guy to work in the truck. Actually, it was a taped interview and they were able to clean it up. But yes, Paul. Uh, same story. I was working at CBS. We were on a college football production truck and I was helping out with some stats that were going to go on the screen for the graphics people. 
I gave him something wrong, and the big boss from CBS, who you don't want the phone to ring, there's a red phone, like a, like a bat phone. Mm. It rings, and I was in charge of picking it up. That's my level of responsibility. Mm. I pick it up. I go, I go, I go, production, Paul. And I hear, let me talk to anybody but you. <laughs> and I was like, I better go get my resume together. How about we take a break there? You know? How about we uh, take a break? We salvaged the hell out of that segment. We survived is what we did. Super Bowl week has officially started. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Shake it off. You know what? That's like throwing a first quarter interception. Yeah. We rally. Nobody's going to remember that. Except for Nicole Arbach. Going to go, jeez, those guys are unprofessional. Uh, we'll prove that even uh, again. Mike Golick Sr., Mike Golick Jr. will join us coming up next. We'll take a break. Back uh, from the Fountain Blue after this. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental wealth podcast. And every week we will have on leaders from sports entertainment like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. We've all been through some sort of adversity. To get to the top, we've all used different tools. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer and Mental Wealth Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to live sports on Peacock, there's no off-season. Stream nonstop action all year long. Big Ten basketball, the Premier League, PGA Tour, and so much more. The biggest games, best players, and moments that you can't miss live on Peacock. You can also see this program as well on Peacock Monday through Friday. Our next guest, longtime friends of the program, that said there was a point in my life where one Mike Golick was more than enough, and now we have two of them. And I better be careful because they could easily beat me up. They're probably saving that for Mike Greenberg. So please welcome Mike Golick and Mike Golick Jr. Mike Sr. and Jr. co-host of Gojo and Golick on DraftKings Network. Big Mike, Little Mike, although Little Mike is Big Mike. Yeah, yeah. it's it's changed. Um, I have a, a bone to pick with you. All righty. First off, congratulations. I just saw a publication that said you're the number one uh, national sports show in the country. Dan Patrick, oh, number one. Okay. That, that's not the bone to pick with you. Number okay. two is... is Fritzy uh, got a hundred bucks for me and Mike for being on the show. He said we had to pay to be on your show because you're yes. number one. Yes. So what? What the, what the hell is that? I'm big now. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, right. yeah. Clearly. Yeah. All right. Big God. Mike, little Mike, yeah, big, yeah, big, big, big Dan. Dan. Big, big Dan. <laughs> What I was known in high school was Big yes, Dan. Yeah, in your mind. Right? Yes, yeah. All righty, here they are. Uh, good to see you guys. You too. Number one topic this week is what now and what do you think it will be by Super Bowl? Mike, where does Taylor Swift fit into that? Uh, right now, number one, considering the Grammys last night, I would say. I mean, but the Tavis thing has been the big story of... Most of this season, so I'd say that lead dogs the week here, and then we'll give way to football as the week goes on. Yeah, that's always the interesting thing. As obviously, Dan, as you know as well, it, you try and talk as little football in the beginning of the week to kind of crescendo <laughs> to it. The old, the, though I will say, in in doing shows, as I was listening to you talk to Nicole Arbach, who's fantastic, I immediately started thinking of me and Mike's show later on today. Going, boy, I'm going to fight back on. I start thinking of topics to talk about, anything but the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, and, and still wait until later in the week. But also, you have to play the hits. Oh, oh yeah. yes, as as yeah. we know, being at ESPN. They tell you to play the hits there. And sometimes it's fun to just take, you know, that off the beaten path and say, let's go down that road. I think what's happening in college football is, I mean, it's going to be transcendent. It's going to happen. The question is when and what is it going to look like? Your thoughts on that? You know, I looked at, didn't we, as I heard Nicole talking, didn't we have the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC all arm-in-arm arm saying we're all the friends alliance. now? Never uh, the alliance. until <laughs> and, and how great that was going to work until it doesn't, yeah. and everybody's on their own then? Well, I, I look at the Big Ten now and the SEC as two prom kings out there saying, hey, let's take over the world together until 
We're not until something benefits one more than the other, especially when a Greg Sankey is involved because he's going to answer to nobody. So I always have a little trepidation when I hear people are getting together, alliances are getting together. I know you feel differently. That's the fun of battling my young, wrong son. (laughs) I think we just all see where this is going, and it's one of those, I don't know how we get there, but I'm pretty sure I know where the destination is, and it's the one super conference to rule them all that we've been whispering about forever. And when the two premier, I mean, think about how long now we've already been referencing it as the power two in college football. Like, it's the Big Ten and the SEC's world at this point. And so the fact that the two prom kings have started talking at a time where you've got lawsuits running rampant, where as soon as the NCAA tries to step in and regulate anything regarding name, image, and likeness of the changing world of college football, everyone's ready to sue because they know there are attorney generals that know that their constituency is all going to love this, and you've got the higher courts that are always going to rule in favor of players, and the schools are realizing, and the power conferences are realizing, hey, we don't have to play by your rules anymore because no one has power in this sport. It has existed largely lawlessly for a long time. The NCAA's tried to come in every once in a while and corral stuff, but it, it, it never really has been governed by anyone, and so there's a great chance to create power out of nowhere. We're talking to Mike Golick Sr., Mike Golick Jr., and they are the uh, co-host of Gojo and Golick on DraftKings Network. You know, Patrick Mahomes has gotten into that category where we, go, we, we did this this morning before we came on. We're like, how many conference championships <laughs> has he been to? Like, when you start to forget, like LeBron, Tom Brady, wait, Brady's got, oh, seven Super Bowls. Like, you get into that category there, and that's when you know you've made it. When we forget how many you've been to, how many you've won, is Mahomes the second greatest quarterback of all time right now? See, I, I, I want to hold off on that because me being, you know, one of the older people, how many people remember Johnny Unitas or yeah. some of the great quarterbacks back yeah, in the day? Where, where... <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit, exhibit I mean, I did not here. realize I mean, you were going to get a Johnny Unitas that, reference that already. That was great quarterback play <laughs> decades ago, That's right? Sid Luckman. Man, and, uh, I remember him. That was football the news. year 2000. I mean, but seriously, I get laughed at when I say that, but how do you judge all of that, right? We're in a stats world what now. What about ability? Greatest well, ability. I mean, listen, you, you look at athletes back in the day to now, they're just better athletes, and but that always doesn't make them better. But with Pat, you're getting that rare combination of he's a better athlete than a lot of quarterbacks and better than a lot of quarterbacks. Am I going to put him in the top two right now? No, I'm going to wait because I'm going to give the players before him the benefit of the doubt of their longevity. Okay, Pat's been great right out of the gate, but let's let's let it continue to happen. He's... I don't know if he'll get to, to Tom's statistical area of, of postseasons and Super Bowls. So I'm going to wait on that. But look, I'll put it this way. He's in the team picture right now. With, but with their longevity, most of them have not accomplished what he's done and the way he's yeah. done it. And that's always the differentiator for me is because we're going to have a very – and some people call it lazy, the comparison with Tom Brady and us wanting to fast-track him for that. But that's earned not given. Like you pointed out, he's 28 and we're already forgetting stuff that he did. That's insane. It shouldn't be happening. And because of that and because he's been the driving force – this has been the first year where it's like – Oh, they're, you know, defense and a run game, and Pat's got to make plays every once in a while. It was him to start. He was the thing that drove the ship out of the gate and is now getting the cavalry to come help, which is why I think he deserves a lot more place in that conversation than maybe you want to give him. We were talking about this this morning as well, that in 20 years from now, do we, do we find those Kansas City Chiefs who were kind of 
it, it was spawned now in the last five years or so, or even now with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, like it was with the Cowboys in the 70s, Packers in the 60s. A lot of our uh, fan bases are based off what happened in the 70s or right. the 60s. Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, Niners. Right. And now you have the, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots were never America's team. No. Uh, Boston's team, but never America's team. But is Kansas City capable of being America's team? Well, I think be- part of it is how are you looked at? Are you looked at as somebody you want to see beaten, or are you looking at like I like these people? Bill, you know, you know, doing his press conferences, he wasn't endearing himself to anybody. Tom was doing it the Bill Belichick way and not saying anything until he got to Tampa Bay, and then all of a sudden he broke out a little bit. Who doesn't love Andy Reid? By the way, Andy's not getting enough talk either. This guy's walking straight into the Hall of Fame as well for what he's doing. Mahomes is fun. Travis Kelsey has always been fun. And now the whole Taylor Swift thing as well. They're kind of a fun team to follow. But, Dan, you know this. We've been doing this a long time. You love a team on the rise and when they're at the top for a little bit. (laughs) And then, man, you want to see darts thrown at them. You want to see them come crashing down. It's like when you have your favorite band. You know, I remember seeing them at Toad's Place. And then all of a sudden, they're like, you know. They're, they're playing the garden. I hate yeah. them now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, th- oh. I think, but I do think they are really likable right now, even lovable to a point, especially the whole Taylor Swift thing is added in there. I've been so disgusted with our football people who have had a problem with that. I'm just like, God, leave it alone. Why, I mean, Why do people have a problem? I have no idea. Do, do you remember when Jessica Simpson was shown all the time when she was dating Tony Romo? We never heard any of she this. She wasn't shown nearly enough. No. no. <laughs> there you go. And we also did hear a lot of this back then, by the way. People have yeah. never... A, a, yeah. The, like, knuckle-dragging football crowd has never yeah. really liked women invading their space in any meaningful Didn't way. Didn't they go to Cancun yeah, at one yeah, point? Yeah, 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 right. scandal. Yes. Like, yes. He's not focused on the game! Yeah. But, but that was the quarterback of the Cowboys right. going right. to Cancun, and he cost the Cowboys, you know, in their mind. Like, you know, your, your mind should be on football. You know, Taylor doesn't show up and say, hey, you know, I haven't been on camera in a while. Exactly. You know, you know CBS shows Robert Kraft a couple of times every game. Or Jerry Jones yeah. every game. And are we really better off for that? I don't need to see them. <laughs> no. Exactly. And oh, by the way, for everybody out there, Travis Kelsey's numbers with Taylor there are better than his numbers <laughs> yeah, without Taylor go. there. Okay? Oh, Taylor just plus so, minus. Just so <laughs> we set that up instead of people saying, oh, she shows up and Travis plays bad. No, he doesn't. Though he did have two drops in the last game. Where do you stand on this? As as we move, she might be a villain here if yeah. Kansas City loses. She, I mean, she was when they went to Baltimore too. Like that was finally the fan base that was like, oh yeah, no, we're uh, we're gonna throw rocks at this whole situation. Which I get. It's this point in the postseason. They are the team. And to Dad's point about what they're going to represent to a lot of people. Like, I don't know if we're going to get to a point where anyone can really be America's team anymore because everyone's so exposed now. For these guys, theirs is different because he's transcended. Like, I would, sports stories, you guys have seen break contain at some point. When you start to see him talked about on GMA and the shows that are outside yeah. of our bubble, they've broken contain both with this relationship and with that combination of, in a helmet sport, Travis has been one of the guys whose face you've gotten to know because of the podcast, because of the relationship. And so they've got a chance to reach more more casual eyeballs than most, but I think because everyone's so exposed and because these guys are now the stopper on top of a conference for a lot of people, i.e. Buffalo, whose happiness is being really affected by the fact that Patrick Mahomes and these Chiefs exist. I find it interesting that this is probably the best matchup, but the matchup that we didn't want. That they didn't have the storylines that, I think if Buffalo was here against Detroit, people would be 
more excited, even though these are probably the two best teams. But it's weird how we're like, yeah, didn't we see this a couple of years ago? Yeah, well, we did. We saw a Kansas City win there. I, I think one of the interesting things, and we had Mike and I had Richard Sherman on our show, and he talked about everybody loves a good underdog story except for Brock Purdy. For some reason, Brock Purdy, <laughs> who has been doing great out there, we can't give him the love because you say, oh, he's got four or five people to dish the ball out to. Well, yeah, so what? Most 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 players have great players around them as well. But I'm with you because we're going to talk about Mahomes, we're going to talk about Brock Purdy, but this, like the AFC Championship game, could be a game talked about on defense. And that's like a swear word to anybody else except for, like me, a former defensive player. I love seeing great defense, and you may get that here. Yeah, I think that having that underdog, of if Buffalo and Detroit, somebody's going to get their first Super Bowl. Right, right. And, and, I, and it's interesting, though, that people are like, you know, there's no buzz here. But these are the two best teams. They are. And it feels like uh, the media will probably, you know, enhance the Taylor Swift thing because maybe we've been down this road with all these different storylines, with Mahomes, with Kelsey. But the Brock Purdy one, he didn't get this chance last year. Now he gets this chance. And I've said before, I think he's got to win two Super Bowls, Mike, before people give him credit. Not one. I think they'll go, okay, all right, let me see you do it again. It, it, we went through this with Peyton Manning, right? I mean, and, and it still blows my mind, and I know it's a topic nobody cares to discuss anymore, but why do we put Super Bowl wins with quarterbacks? When there's offense, defense, special teams, wins and losses, I never understood that. But regardless of what I think, that's where we are. I mean, it comes down to the number, so... I think they could have been there last year. Brock Purdy doesn't get his elbow hurt, but I'm with you. You know, nowadays for quarterbacks, we keep talking about that with Aaron Rodgers, right? He could use another one as well, even though he's walking into the Hall of Fame. That numbers count for quarterbacks. I, I think Brock is such an interesting, because it's multiple conversations having uh, happening at once with Brock, with everybody just jumping into the fray, because there is, oh, he's a great story. He has outperformed his draft status. He has maxed out his physical ability. He is running this offense much better than his predecessor, Jimmy Garoppolo. For all the people who want to say, well, Kyle was able to get Jimmy Garoppolo to be a winning quarterback in the postseason, their numbers are not really comparable in the postseason. Brock is a markedly better quarterback, especially we've seen late in games in this postseason. But that then gets him, because of the team success, into these MVP conversations where now you're staring eye-to-eye -eye with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and quarterbacks. He is very much not at this juncture as a second-year player who was the last pick in the draft. So it, it, it's a tough eval because of that. But I hope this week we kind of do settle into... Hey, this is pretty damn cool that this guy yes. has answered yep. the bell yep. at he every has. turn in yep. a postseason where we didn't think the Niners could come back and win games, and he's done it twice in games he's played bad. That's a level of moxie from a second-year player coming off an injury that is wild. I uh, probably have to take credit and blame for uh, assigning game manager to uh, quarterbacks. It started with Alex Smith, and Alex is not my friend, but that's okay. Um <laughs> I, I think we have to change game commander. Like, if I, if, I, if I dress it up a little bit, like game manager, okay, doesn't sound good. But, like, we, 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 we want to change the name of meatloaf to something different because it doesn't sound good. Ooh. You're going to have meatloaf, but if you change it to meat heaven, you know, then, you know, then meat mountain then maybe we, we view it differently. So the Meat Mountain, I like that yes, one. Yes, of course. Yeah. The, 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 by the way, the Meat Mountain is a secret menu item at Arby's, and I don't recommend anyone orders it. <laughs> I, did it I did it so you don't have oh, to. I, thank you, Mike. I went down in the Arby's coal mines for you, and I came out alive, thank you. but I didn't feel, uh, thank you. I didn't feel great the, about there it. There are two things, two terms that are the F word of football, game manager and analytics. 
Analytics should just be re- redistributed as that information, Absolutely. not Absolutely. analytics. Absolutely. It's just information that we digest and then decide what we want to do. Yeah. By the way, Dan, to your point about rebranding it, someone, and I, I wish I could remember who it was and give them credit. This is not me. This is Stolen Valor from Twitter. But someone called it Game CEO. Like, you're not the manager. Okay. Like, you're a C-suite executive of this thing. Okay. You're out here oh, wheeling like the deal. Right. So I'm that fine. could be a, a, yeah. a route we go. Yeah, yeah. i I got to get you know away from this because I, I brought this up a couple of times. You know, Bart Starr. Game manager, or you know, Bob Greasy, game manager, right. Johnny Unitas, game manager, Tom Brady, game manager. It's not a negative, but it makes it seem like you're not talented. So right. that's where I get it. So if we change it to game commander, game game general, Ooh. something it's up like, to you to do that. I will you, do you, that. You have you, you have the ability. I have the number one show there in America. That's all. When's the last time you spanked him? When I, I spanked him? Yeah. Uh, two days ago? <laughs> he tried last night at dinner to take a swipe. I was the one that lead dog dessert because yeah. everyone else is afraid of it. And I'm not going to run from the fight. And I ordered I, this plate of ice cream. And as soon as it lands, I see him trained over in my direction. Had spoon. And he went and reached. And I, I can, parried his spoon away with mine. Ooh, and deflected. That was a big moment in the father-son dynamic. Like all of a sudden, I did not he him. just gives in and now he doesn't anymore. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, great to see you guys. Mike Sr., Mike Jr., the co-host of Gojo and Golik on DraftKings Network. We'll take a break. We're uh, back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Worst and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like over the weekend. My thanks once again to uh, Mike Golick Sr., Mike Golick Jr. Known them a long time. All right. uh, I want to thank our audience. They're hanging through. We got rain. Yeah. That doesn't stop them. It's like college game day. Yes. Yes. They are uh, they're out there, and uh, we we appreciate their uh, loyalty with the show. All right. Best and worst of the weekend. We'll go around the room. Uh, Todd, I'll start with you. What did, uh, what's your best and worst of the weekend? Best of the weekend in College Park, Maryland on Saturday. I was Caitlin Clark, 38 points, 12 assists. You knew Paulie was going to pick that. There's a million things going on over the weekend at sports. 93-85 victory over the Terps, putting her just... Why didn't you pick one of those other million things? <laughs> putting her just 66 points away from passing Kelsey Clark okay. for the most career points. Right. Uh, worse, Steph Curry scores 60 in Atlanta Saturday night, becoming the 10th player in NBA history with multiple 60-point games, but... Who did he give the jersey to? I don't know. That wasn't my butt. Wait, but that's that's that the big part of the story. Yes, of all the people that he could give a jersey to after he scores sixty points, um, there is a reboot of a movie that she's in that uh, is popular now. Oh, what? Mean Girl, Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Lindsay Lohan. She's back. Lindsay Lohan. It's good to see you. You serious? Back. Yes. Lindsay Lohan got a jersey from Steph Curry? Yes. Huh. How random. I would lie to you, but not this audience there, of course. i got to uh, give you the butt part of my uh, worst of the week. Okay, you're still going? Okay. But the Warriors still lost to the Hawks in overtime, 141-134, even with the 60 points. wasn't enough. And Lindsay Lohan And Lindsay there. Lohan. Yeah. Uh, Marvin, what did you learn? Our uh, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, first best, our girl, Juju Watkins. USC. USC freshman scored 51 points. USC scores 67 as a whole. She scored 51 of them. Okay. Uh, they upset number four ranked Stanford. Worst of the weekend, Doc Rivers being named coach of the Eastern Conference All Star team, even though he's 0 3 as the Bucks head coach. All right. What's wrong with me being a coach of the team? What's the big deal? No, I was going to set you up. I was going to say, let's go to Doc Rivers and get his, his uh, thoughts on this. I don't appreciate that, Marvin. All right. Why should I be the coach? We're going to work out the timing. We're going to be better tomorrow. I think we will. Yeah, I think so. Seton, uh, I'm actually happy that Todd just jumped in because usually you set him up. There's a five-second pause, and then you're like, Todd, that's where you do the impression. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Seton, best or worst of the weekend? Uh, my best of the weekend was actually part of the Grammys last night. Tracy Chapman doing Fast Car. Yeah. That's a hell of a song. Uh, yeah. The cover's fine, whatever. Uh, but Tracy Chapman doing that again, I think the first time in like 15 years she sung that. That's a hell of a song. That was a great performance. And finally getting the recognition that she deserved, but yeah. it, it took the country version of that with right. Luke Combs to uh, get her some publicity. Maybe remind that. people that, that she is a hell of an artist. Yeah. Um, do a quick, plain movie review, if Ooh. you want. I jumped in on uh, Equalizer 3. 
Uh, I haven't seen one or two, so I wasn't sure if I could you pick up the story. No, no. Turns out Denzel uh, is just kind of a badass. He is, yes. And runs through Sicily, I believe. He, yes, he means business yeah. there. And he does a lot of, like, mouth acting in that movie. He's sort of like, whenever he's thinking, he, like, bites in on his bottom lip. I found it to be very odd. Mm. I was like, why, why did he choose that for this character? Mm. That When he, like, he just shot, like, a whole cartel full of people, and he goes... <laughs> Maybe the next walks off. Sandler movie I do, I'm going to try You're that. Do a That's little... how the great actors do it. You should channel Denzel more mm. in your roles. That would, mm. that would be great. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was good, though. And then I started watching Book of Eli, um, because, Marvin, you'll appreciate this. I got lost in the uh, Celebrate Black Voices category on the uh, movie. <laughs> Let's celebrate black yeah. voices. Black voices. <laughs> what, March 1st? The entire... Move, everybody. The, the entire... Get all that out. The entire that month of February. That exist on March 1st. No. Yeah, this month nope. it does. It's leap year, too. Ooh, 29 yeah. days? Oh. Oh, thanks, guys. If you're on a flight on the 28th and it's going overseas... Oh! oh. Six hours ahead. Sorry. We, oh, gotta pull it. Final hour. Coming up. Do the, do the right things out over. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.